All right, and we're back again for another episode of the Young Millionaire Training Podcast, YMIT Podcast. Today, I have the ever so intelligent and wonderful Latwana Taylor, better known as LT to probably some of the people closer to her. I was actually telling her before we got started that, of course, I had not had the privilege of meeting her in person, although we run in some of the same circles and we even attend the same church. And I use that term extremely loosely because she actually attends. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm part of the YouTube social media congregation. Anti, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm a little anti, but in my mind, we all attend the same church. Like so she'd be there. Anywho, okay. anywho. We'll take it. We'll take yeah, it. yeah, we'll take it. I'll be seeing everything. I don't miss <laughs> nothing. So anyway, Miss LT, she is an author, a woman of God, just an amazing person, an amazing light to be around. She just shines if you happen to be listening and not watching on youtube you'll see she has a really really big smile like she just lights up a room when she smiles so she just like a <laughs> literal light so that was my little brief intro of you but give us a brief bio about who miss latwana is yes so my name is latwana taylor i was born in san antonio not raised but born but i still call texas home i am a texas girl Till I die. My parents, my dad was in the military, so I moved around a lot. So I am very well-rounded, well-versed in all things. I moved back here after graduating from high school to attend college. I went to Our Lady of the Lake University, got my bachelor's and my master's, started my career very early. I was 19. And fast forward, I lost my mother at the age of 25. And that's really when my life began for real, for real, because things got real. I got really heavy into the church. Faith definitely grew fast and quick. I had to just so that I could try to get over what had happened to me. So with that being said, I became a licensed minister, which is one of the greatest callings I could ever fulfill. God has been good to me. And so this is the least that I could do is to serve him and his church. That is me. And I'm an author. That's crazy to me still. I, it's still crazy that I can Google myself and also put myself, my name in Amazon and boom, my, my picture, and my book comes up. So that's who I am in a nutshell. No, I love it. And it shouldn't be crazy to you because even as I think of you, LaTuana, you're an author. Like that's what I think of you. If somebody asked me what you did, she's an author. That's exactly what I would tell them. And a yeah. minister. I would also <laughs> say that too. But so... I know you mentioned in your intro and in your biography or short autobiography, I guess, mm -hmm. about how your life really started after your mother passed. And the name of her book yeah. is Pearls from Mama, correct? Or Pearls from Mama, How Pearls Losing Me Mama. or How Losing Her Taught Me to Live. Yes. That's so, the subtitle. Of course, many of my listeners know I've been super, super heavy on mental health this season. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about the business side of the book, what that's like. Okay. And then also... A little bit about what you actually went through <laughs> that made yeah. you write the book and what's a little sneak peek y'all still got to read the book she is not going to give you the entire book you still no, got to go buy the book okay it's in my <laughs> amazon store it's down in the bio it's down in the description okay go click that right now yes. you can still keep listening go click it yes. get it go click it okay so give us a little brief summary of what we can expect when we read the book so what you can expect is practical ways to grieve properly. I did not grieve properly. I went through a really rough patch, almost six years of just 
torturing myself because I didn't understand mental health. I didn't understand what was going on with me. I was 25. I was young. I thought that I knew all the things, right? And <laughs> right. I did not know any of the things. So I was young and I just was just trying to function. I really was. I was just trying to function without my mom. My parents were my everything. They both were like my best friends growing up, but also parents for sure. But my mother and I had a special bond, a really special bond. And so losing her really sent me into a a whirlwind. So what you're going to find in this book is a lot of the things not to do, but then towards the end, you'll start to see the things that you should do. But I give them to you practically. You're going to get some practical things that you can do to help yourself to get out of the rut, to get out of the grieving process in a proper way. Like I, I went through a lot of rough patches and I didn't have the proper guidance, I thought, I think to walk me through the proper ways to grieve. And because I now have those ways, I'm not an expert by any means, but I did get over this thing, right? I'm 11 years in this thing. And my the way that I looked even five years ago is completely different now. I'm much more healthy mentally, spiritually, for sure. Physically, I'm even more healthier than I've ever been. And I give you practical ways on how to overcome grief. So yeah, I'm hoping that's what you get when you're finished with this book. Amazing. And that practicality is so good. So even not to make it about me, but as I've been going through my mental health journey, practical ways were something that I was able to use to bridge that gap between what I knew and what I was actually getting out of the Bible or from a spiritual standpoint. Because sometimes, you know, I kind of learned the difference of reading the Bible and spirit and the truth. And I just wasn't doing that. So it Mm -hmm. wasn't helping me in some lights. But when I could break it down and and get some practicality that was spiritually based, it helped me be able to understand the Bible more. And once again, that's why I was wanting to bring you on to talk Mm -hmm. about some of these things with the, the book. Because for me, that spirituality piece was that missing piece that helped me get back to the mental health, but I had to go through some practicality in order to yeah. get to a place where That's I can accept it. Listen, people can say, pray about it all they want. They can say, pray about it. They can say, just trust God. He takes his strongest soldiers first. All that may be very true. However, comma and space, I need to know what I actually need to do to get through this spot in my life where I'm feeling like I just want to fight everybody, where I'm feeling like I just, I don't want to even get out of bed. You need to know what to do with those things. And I wanted to provide that to people or for people so that they know that what, how they're feeling, it, they're not crazy, right? What you're feeling is real. And so I needed to one, write it so that I could get it out of my system, but then also so that eventually I could help someone who was just like me trying to get over a loss And so that's why the practicality of it all was super important to me. I just needed to be able to say, hey, this is step one, step two, step two, step three, step four, because that's how I learn. That's how I relate to things is if I'm able to have steps that I can follow that will really help me. And then also being disciplined to be able to follow those steps, too. So it's a little bit of of those two mixed in together. Absolutely. So step one, give me a brief synopsis of step one. Like, what's the very first thing that I do in the process? Yeah, there's a chapter in my book. It's called Hot. And what I had to do with myself is be really honest, open, and transparent mm-hmm. with myself. And the truth of the matter is I was not okay. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't. And I had to be honest with myself. I had to tell myself, okay, girl, 
you not going through life the best way that you can be. And this is not what God made you for. And this is not who God wanted you to be with. There were so many things, but I had to be honest with myself. There was one, one morning I woke up from a crazy night before, just being honest and transparent here. And I looked at myself in the mirror and was like, who are you? What is happening? This is not who you are. This is not how you've been raised. This is who I see in the mirror is a person who is screaming for help and doesn't know how to ask for the help properly because pride, right? Because you just want to appear to be okay when you're really not. And so I had to be honest with myself and I had to be honest with God. That morning, I prayed a prayer that I don't think I've ever even prayed again. Like I've never had to pray that prayer again. I've never even had to, I've never even prayed like that in my life, but I just, I was screaming. I was talking to God. I was just telling him the things that I had done, even though I knew he had knew all the things, right? But I had to be honest. It was important for me to just say it to him so that he could begin to really just take out those things that were really in my heart and bothering me and weighing me down. And so that's the first step. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. Get that prayer out. And it don't have to sound like holier than thou. Just state what it is. State what the problem is. State what's happening in your life. State what's happening in your mind. And God will handle the rest. I can't tell y'all that enough. God will handle the rest once you become honest with him about how you're feeling and about what you need. So yeah, that's step one. Spot on. Because one of the things I shared really briefly, so it was December the 4th of this past year, and I had that very hot moment. You make it hot. Mm -hmm. I had that hot moment with God and I literally laid on the floor in full submission mode. And I was like, God, I'm not leaving here until I get an answer. I was like, I don't even need it fixed all right now, but I'm not leaving. That was the most transparent that I've been in a prayer. So I love that you you said that. See, that's how y'all know she got good stuff, y'all, because she (laughs) said exactly. Yeah, she's spot on. So obviously we know your mother passing was a big Mm -hmm. motivation for the book. Okay. As far as what took you through the process to write a book, but what was the motivation to write said book and actually want to share that? Because that's a big accomplishment. I was sharing that with her before we got started. I was like, I want to write a book. (laughs) Yeah. So what kind of motivates you? Okay. Let me get this out. Yeah. One thing, and I talk about this in my book too. One thing that my mother instilled in me very early on was to write my feelings. She, I can't tell you the amount of notebooks I have still when I was like, 12 and 13 that I still have now to this day. She was an avid writer. She loved to read, she loved to write. And so she in turn made me a reader and a writer as well. But I talk about this in my book. There was a moment we were at church and I had never heard of prophesying, had never even seen it at all. But there was this moment where we were in church and a prophet or the pastor at the time was prophesying and he asked my mother to come to the front and I wasn't about to let her go up there by herself. I think I was like 13 or 14. So I went there right next to her and I'm standing there next to her. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but <laughs> I know I ain't leaving my mom aside. So he's ministering to her. He's prophesying. And then he looks at me and he says, this little girl's name will be written for people to see. She will heal and she'll do it by books. She'll do it by writing. She'll do it by speaking. And of course, I'm like 13, 14. So I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about, <laughs> but I know one thing. It ain't going to be none of that. So my mother, of course, she's crying and carrying on and all these things. And so we go back and we sit. And then 
this big thing happens. I'm 25 and my mother passes away from breast cancer. And the only thing that I could do besides run my life down was write. I wrote on anything that was near me. It could be a, I remember being at a restaurant, it was a napkin and it was something that I wanted to write. And I wrote it down on that, on them people's napkins. And I took it with me. It was like one of those cloth napkins. And I pulled out a pen, wrote what I was feeling at the moment. And I stuck that napkin in my purse and took it with me. And that's how the writing started. It didn't matter where I was, what I was doing, who I was with, if it was in my head, if it was a negative thought, I had to get it out so that I could either burn it later or use it right in some kind of way. And I don't know, maybe 10 notebooks later and about eight years later, I said, okay, it's time. It's time for me to write this book. Another little gem was that my mother was writing her own book. She was in chemo one day and she said, I think I want to write about my experience. And so I went and I wrote, I got her, about her a little mini laptop. And so that she could have when she goes to her keep on radiation appointments. And I could not for the life of me find any of the stuff that she had written in this mini laptop. And so I said, man, I really wanted to just continue her story. That was not in the plans. It was not in the plans for me to continue her story. It was definitely in the plans for me to start my own story about her. And that was also a contributing factor to me writing it. And yeah, I would just say one, it was destined, right? God said it a long time ago. Absolutely. I just had to fall in line. Second thing is writing was therapeutic for me. It was super therapeutic for me. And I encourage anybody who is going through any sort of loss, find what's therapeutic, but what's healthy and therapeutic for you and do more of that because that's what's going to get you through. Yes, praying, of course, by all means, talk, talk to God, but whatever it is that is healthy and therapeutic for you, do it. That'll really help you. And then the third thing was just me wanting to really carry out a legacy, right? I wanted to finish what she was going to write. And although I could never find the things that she was writing about, it didn't stop me. I wanted to just do something that would honor her and that would still help people. That's the ultimate goal is just the helping the people, right? Whatever it is that they're going through. And it can be, it doesn't have to be a loss of a person. It could be a loss of a job, a relationship, whatever the case may be. It's a loss and a loss hurts. And so that's what was the motivating factors for me writing the book. That's awesome. And definitely destined. I will definitely say that. You just have the aura of author about you. Yeah, you you just don't know how to explain it. So this is a two-part question, although it's one question. So the question about what was the process of writing your book like? So one, the technical process. And then two, I mean, like the emotional process. Mm -hmm. Because obviously you're digging into some pretty deep emotional things going through it and trying to stay focused on even the technical can be very Mm -hmm. difficult while you're doing that. So whichever one of those pieces you want to take first. Yeah. I'll talk about the emotional part first. I had to finish it. I had to finish it first before I even started the technical. There were moments that I did not want to dig into. There was a moment three days before my mom passed away. She was alive and well, she was coherent. And I only say that to say, because it can turn quickly. It could be one day that they're coherent and the very next two hours, they're not. But this day she was decent. She was coherent. And we were having a very real conversation. And when I say real, I mean, she was telling me what she wanted her funeral to look like and who she wanted there and what she wanted us to wear and all these things. That's how real this conversation was. And I was on the foot of her bed writing all these things down that she wanted me to to carry out. 
she was a hairstylist here too. So she was telling me about who she wanted to take over her shop and how she wanted that to look. And so it was just a conversation that her and I were having a very intimate one. And she stopped talking and she looked at me and she said, I'm not ready to leave you. And that I was gone after that, put the writing down and I just listened to my mom. I just listened to her tell me like the very final things that she wanted from me. And it was such an emotional moment, but it was a moment that now oh, I cherish no, no other, but it was hard to write because again, it was a very final moment for my mom. That was actually the last conversation that her and I had where she could hear what I was saying and I could hear what she was saying. And we laughed and shared tears together. Like it it was the last like real conversation that we had. And then literally three days later, she passed. So that moment was so hard to write about, but I could imagine other people's um, situations where they didn't even get a chance to have those last minute conversations. And so I said, oh girl, you got to push through this. You got to push through it because there's people here who didn't get to have conversations like that with their moms. And I can't even imagine, I can't even tell you the amount of 15 year olds, 12 year olds, 13 year olds that I've encountered where they've lost their mom. I got 25 years with her. I feel like that's a blessing. Like, I feel like that was a straight up blessing for all those people who didn't have those last minute conversations or were really much younger than what I was. I feel like that's why I had to do it. That's why I had to dig deep and write about those very intricate moments where I get to talk to my mom and she got to tell me what she wanted as her last wishes. The technical piece, I was very adamant about allowing people who were close to me and two people who weren't close to me to read the book before I put it out or even got with an editor. The people close to me, of course, they gave me their very true and honest opinions about everything. Some people even told me I could go deeper. Some people were like, you should take that out. And some people were like, wow, this was amazing. And for every amazing comment that I got, I almost wanted a negative comment. I wanted someone to tell me like, no, this is really bad. You need to take this out. But no one would tell me that. So I went and I per- and I got two people who I knew we were cool or whatever, associates, if you will. And I had them read it. No one would say anything negative about it. Of course, they told me like little grammatical errors here or things that, you know, that they would do differently. But everyone was like, wow, I can, f- I feel healed. And I haven't even gone through this situation. I have not lost a parent. I haven't lost someone super close to me, but the healing powers that I'm feeling through this book, through the words that you wrote, it's great. And so I took that with a grain of salt because I'm super hard on myself. I'm guessing everybody is, but I'm super hard on myself, especially when it comes to my writing. But I took all that and I hired an editor and I will, listen, y'all, I love to share all the knowledge and the gems that I got when It came to the technical piece of getting all the editors and the formatters and who I use. I will give that information freely. Do you hear me? I want to make sure we all win. So there was a young lady and I interviewed her because I was like, I want to make sure somebody understands what the heck I'm saying. Even my little LT-isms, like, because I put a lot of that in my book. You can hear my voice in this book. And I put a lot of those in there. So I wanted to make sure that she understood what I was saying. And come to find out, she had just lost her brother to cancer. And so I was like, boom, girl, you hired. Because you already get it. You get it. You get what I'm going through or what I've gone through. 
And so I hired her. She edited. She gave me, of course, tips and tools to think about. And so that took about mm, two months with final edits and me going back and forth with her. And then I hired a formatter. I knew what I wanted the book to look like. I knew I wanted it very intimate, very personal, but also simple. Right. And so I went on Fiverr and I found a formatter and I found a person who would edit my photos and all that. And my best friend actually was the one who took the photo for my cover. And that was even special to me because her and I were, she was very close to my mother as well. So that was super special for her to be able to do that for me. But then I used, I researched what would be the best possible way to publish this book. And everyone was like, KDP. Amazon. Amazon has a, I guess it's like a subsidiary and it's mm. called KDP. And they are the ones who publishes books for you. So that's who I used. Mm. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, that was all great. Both portions of it. You actually okay. touched on a piece of something that's near and dear to me. So I do still have my mother, but my dad passed. Matter of fact, three years ago, March 22nd, it would be three years that he mm-hmm. passed or March 22nd of 2020. It was right at the beginning of COVID, not from COVID, okay. but it was at the beginning of COVID. At least we don't think it was. Anywho. Okay. And the piece where you were talking about, you had put everything down and stopped writing to have that conversation with your mom. And you were saying that some yeah. people don't get that. I was one of those people who didn't get that so the morning that my mm. father passed, he actually had a heart attack and passed on the way home from work. So mm-hmm. called me the morning on his way to work. We were talking. We were mm-hmm. talking regular old money talk. Like we were talking about some taxes. Like we always talk about money. So yeah. we were talking regular old money talk. Yeah. And I was yeah. actually writing a paper, working on my master's. I was writing a paper. And I didn't know. So I'm halfway listening, talking. It's one of the biggest things that I would like, had I known that was my last conversation with him, I very easily would have set my computer down and had the conversation with him, even if it wasn't like, hey, let me try to stop it. Yeah. Even if I knew it was going to happen, I actually would have taken the time to have a real conversation with him. No, that was a big part. You got me super interested. I look, So I told her I was going to read it. That one really yeah. touched me quite a bit. Can I ask you a question about that? Sure. Absolutely. Are you free from that? Yes. Okay, That's actually been one of these things that I've been dealing with um, as part of my mental health. So when I was talking about forgiveness has been mm-hmm. a major portion for me, starting with myself. And that was myself. one of the things that I had yes, to Lord. forgive myself for. To the practicality, let me see. It was, let me see, by the time. So two episodes, I actually did one on forgiveness, gave some practical tips on to yeah. how to forgive, because that was one of the things that I have battled with. Everybody was like, hey, you need to forgive. God forgave us. But nobody like ever really tells you how to forgive. You don't just snap your fingers and I forgive people or I forgive myself. Yeah. So I went over some of those practical steps so that I could get past those things and stop mm. beating myself up so much because mm. I beat myself up about it for a very long time. Easy to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's easy to do. It's so easy to blame yourself for the things that you have no control over, like none whatsoever. So I'm glad you are free from that. That's the first thing that popped in my head when you said that I was like, oh Lord, I hope he's still ain't dealing with that because that is that was not your fault at all. Right. Not at all. No. However, admittedly, because I'm actually very big on transparency. I call that my superpower as well. I was dealing with it up until the last two months. <laughs> I was dealing with mm-hmm. it until I learned how to forgive. Because I just literally didn't know how to forgive. And even with you as a minister, that's something that I would request or ask like when you're talking forgiveness, like giving those people those practical steps to it. Obviously not telling you how to be a minister, but like I just know that was yeah. something that was really important to me, yeah. like that real practicality of how 
to forgive. Mm-hmm. There's so many times when you just hold on to stuff. Because until the last two months, I didn't even realize, LT, I had never even forgiven anybody in my life. Ever. And I thought I had because I didn't think about it. But soon as it came up from 20 years ago, I'm angry. You angry again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought about it in 20 years. I thought that was gone. Nah, it yeah. wasn't gone. Wow. That's 20 years. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like high school, like it was some stuff that I shared on the episode. I won't go on because I want to, I don't want to take it away from you. But I had had a small little exchange with this guy in high school. And then I'm talking like two sentence exchange. Nothing happened. Never spoke mm. on it again about something super stupid about a car, about being in a car club. Like I'm talking something super stupid in high school. Mm. And then in December, after I started learning about forgiveness, the following Monday after I went, I watched a series online, uh, Michael Todd. I watched his Forgiveness mm. University series online mm. and I logged into Facebook one morning in my class group, class of 2006. Anyway, so I logged into the group. Somebody posted a picture of me and some of my friends from high school the night we went to prom. I saw the guy that I got into it. He commented on it. He didn't even say anything bad. He just put a hundred and a flex on it. That's all he said. I closed my whole Facebook app. I was like, man, I ain't about to comment on this. And I was like, I'm oh really still mad at this man for 20 years. Yeah, He didn't have anything yeah. to do with anything. And I was mm-hmm. like, I haven't even thought about it since I've been out of high school. And I was like, I thought that was way. But that day did, huh? Yeah. To the point I closed <laughs> my whole app. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Got somebody else I have to forgive. Okay. Yeah. No. So you told us the process, both the technical, and thank you for that information because that's mm-hmm. definitely some gems. Um, I didn't add this question, but it's it's important because I know you said you're super hard on yourself. Can you share with us a little bit what it was like the anticipation of releasing said book? Because I, I hate to put this on you, and I'm totally assuming, even though I think I'm right. That mm-hmm. it probably is a little nerve wracking. Like, is anybody going to read this book? <laughs> right. So, yeah, you tell listen, a little bit about that. The enemy was so heavy on me. Like, I'm talking about even before I decided to publish the book, mm-hmm. then he was like, girl, you is nobody. Why would anybody want to listen or read or anything with this book? You're nobody. You are nobody. And, and, I, I don't know. I, the God in me that day was like, I'm about to show you. And so I, I just, I did it. But yes, man, it was, I was nervous. I had done all the marketing I thought I could do. I, I didn't hire anybody to do this. I did this all on my own. I obviously reached out to people. I started learning what reels was. I started learning what videos and all that kind of stuff and how that would actually even help me. I had a lot of my friends who are techies. They helped me record a few things or whatever. And I just was trying anything that I could do to make sure that my core group and also any of my followers, and it's crazy because I'm like, I didn't have a lot of followers back then, but or at least two years ago when this thing came out, but I was doing anything that I could to make sure that everybody saw this. I was going back to like my high school friends. Like, y'all remember me? Y'all remember the Miss Tammy, the one that y'all used to make googly eyes towards someone that was very pretty, by the way, just... Sorry, I had to say that. She was gorgeous. But I was going back to anybody who knew me, who I thought knew me. Hey, this book is coming out. Support. I got uncomfortable with some of these things, too, because I'm not a I'm not a flashy person. I'm not a person that's, hey, look at me. I'm doing something really cool. Like, I'd rather just kind of, I don't know, wait for someone to find out. And that's not how this thing works. That's not how this works because had I had been published by a big publishing company, they would have marketed it 
right? right. They would have wanted to make sure they got their money's worth. And so that, that's what I had to do. I'm like, Latwana, you spent money on this. You've put, and nobody gave you money. You, you put your own money into this. So you've got to do the work, the hard work, the legwork to make sure that this book comes out, regardless of how you feel, regardless of how you feel, if anybody going to read it, listen to it, whatever the case may be. But yes, I was nervous. I was, man, I had lots of anxiety. I think I probably really experienced an anxiety attack at some point because I just was like, no one's going to read this. Who cares? You're a girl who lost your mom. Everybody loses their mom at some point or has lost their mom at some point. So why is yours so special? But I think what happened was that what I had to remember was that there was an anointing that was attached to this story, right? There was healing that was attached to the story that I didn't have anything to do with, that God had everything to do with. And so I had to stop worrying about the numbers. I had to stop worrying about who was going to, who was going to support, who wasn't going to support. What my main concern was that whoever did purchase it was healed. That's been my main concern. And I think that's the reason why I'm okay now. Like, I don't look at numbers anymore at all. Like, I just don't. Even with my audiobook, I've yet to look at the numbers. Awesome. I don't even look at any of that stuff anymore because what God told me very specifically one day was it's not about the numbers, it's about who's being healed. And when He said that, when I tell you I was freed, liberated, I was. And that's why I'm okay with it because of the anointing and the healing that was attached to my story. So yes, of course, there was anxiety. There was nervousness at first, but I don't have any of those anymore. Not one bit. I'll tell you this, which one. I'm glad we served the same guy because he told me the exact same thing about a month ago when I decided to do the mental health episode. Yeah. Um, because I wasn't really nervous about the financial stuff. I was like, mm-hmm. people have been following me for years on that, like when I did it. So I wasn't super nervous, but I was yeah. like, I'm switching over to mental health. I was like, who's going to want to listen to me talk about this? Everybody's used yeah. to me just talking about money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. The very first day I put out the episode, I logged into it within the first two hours. It'll go anywhere from 25 to 50 listens. This particular mm-hmm. day, it had been up for four hours and it had five listens. And I was like, see, I was like, nobody's going to want to listen. And I heard it just as clear as day. God said, let me worry about the numbers and you worry about the, what I tell you to say. And you say that. And I stopped yes, looking at the Lord. numbers. I heard it as clear as day. And I just closed the yeah. app, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> and moved on. Isn't that, that so freeing, though? Like when you it hear is. that from God or even when you, you just get a little inkling of, oh, don't worry about that. that's not what you need to worry about. That to me is the best feeling ever. Absolutely. I'm so glad he spoke to you on that day because that'll discourage somebody for Absolutely. sure, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll, that's discouraging. So I totally understand that. Yeah, mm. no, I totally did. And even in the way that I started looking at it, because I can be extremely logical, just going back to a guy to lead the 99 to go get the one. If he's concerned about the one, why am I concerned about anything more than one? Come if on, I help preach one, on tonight. If I, help okay. one, <laughs> if I help one person, then I did my job because that's all he worried about is one person. So at yes. a time, so... That's where I was just at. I'm like, if I help one person, then I did my job. It doesn't have to be tens of millions of people unless he sees fit. That'd be great. But hey, if the tens of thousands want to go get it, I'm (laughs) cool with that too. Exactly. I'm cool with that too. Also, Mm -hmm. do I got an exclusive buzzer? I wish I had an exclusive buzzer. So you hinted at dropping. Yeah, I know the DJ Don DeMarco. So Miss Latwana actually agreed to give the YMIT podcast listeners a little bit of an exclusive. So if you could tell us whatever sneak peek you do so see fit to share with us. Yeah. So 
one of the ways that I pray, I'm not, I'll be 100% with you and people can judge how you feel, but as a minister, I think people have this misconception that you're super holier than thou and you pray the whole Shekinah glory down and all these kind of things. And yes, that may be for some. I am serious about my faith. I'm serious about my God. I don't play about either one, but the way that I pray is very different than the way other people may pray. I write. I am a writer. I am an author. So I write my prayers. That's how I pray. And it's different. I get it. But it's also my way. Right. And I know that I'm not the only person that is out here just writing down their prayers. I know I'm not. And because of that, because I have over a thousand prayers in my phone, I decided to write prayers for the girls just who is just out here trying to function. And that is the title of the new book is prayers for the single girls who just out here trying to function. And it is supposed to be, I've sectioned it off for a different piece of life of a single woman, right? There's why am I still single? There's why don't I have kids? There's why hasn't God sent me my man yet? Why am I, why am I unlovable? There's so many things that go through our mind and my whole purpose for this book is to speak to those things in prayer, to affirm women in prayer about those questions that they are going through because we all have them. I know because hello, I have them. And so I wanted to speak to those and I wanted to pray for those. And it's real short prayers, real short prayers. One thing I learned is that God is not impressed by some long drawn out prayer. He is impressed by the effectiveness of the prayer and that's what he loves to hear. And so they are short and sweet and they are for the girls who's just out here trying to function, who don't always have it together, who probably is single and don't have a man and probably is they're feeling like they're nowhere near it. And so that's who it's for. And I'm super excited about it. Like I'm really excited about this and I'm still writing it. So I'm hoping to have it done by June. I probably should said that, but it's fine. That's probably, that's my motivation right now to get it out, but Understood. I'm hoping to have it out by June. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm just, God is good. That's all I'm going to say about that. Understood. And if he chooses to prolong it, then that's his thing. If he decides to give me all these prayers and download them into my brain so I can pour them out, then that's what it is. That is a super dope concept. I promise I'm not saying that. And I'm actually going to share something with you as a part of my healing journey here. One of the things that I often talk about was I got to the point where I didn't care about anything but having a good night's sleep. Okay. So when it came to me praying each night before bed, I had my prayers that I've always said, but I didn't feel like they were effective enough. And I literally went on the internet and found sleep protection prayers. And I read Mm -hmm. those sleep protection prayers every single night because they're very specific to what it is that I need. Wow. And because it's not just God, can I please sleep all night? Protect mm-hmm. my mind, protect my protect my kids' minds, protect mm-hmm. all those different things. And they were very specific and scripture based. So I love that you have a concept and that goes back to that practicality piece that we're talking yes. about. And that's that portion. That's literally exactly what I'm talking about when I say that practicality is so big because praying for a big house doesn't get you a relationship. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not how that works. That's not. Right. Or praying for sleep doesn't get you a man. Like, that doesn't do that to a relationship or whatever the case may be. So, no, I really think that's a dope concept that you actually are being very specific and putting information in one place for a certain demographic of woman that's looking for a certain thing. So they yeah. can be specific because that's the other thing I found with God. You have to be specific. 
You absolutely do. Make sure y'all be specific. Like when it comes, stop that praying. I'm tired of working here because then you get fired and you don't work there no more. He answers <laughs> then, your prayer. Then where are you? <laughs> right. Then where did your help come from? Yeah, okay? you didn't pray for a new job. You prayed not to work there no more. And then you got it. Now you're mad. So be specific. Okay. Yeah, be specific. So before we get out of here, you tell the people where they can find you at. Yeah. So you can find me on IG at Texas Bella Marie, and that's all spelled out. You can also find Pearls from Mama at Pearls from underscore Mama on IG as well. You can find me on both Facebook as Latwana Taylor and Pearls from Mama on Facebook. And my website is latwanamarie.com. Uh, that is where you can find me. And both the hard copy, the soft copy, and the audible version is available on Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And once again, as I mentioned to you all earlier in the episode, all these will be down in the description of the episode, as well as her book, the Amazon link I'm going to put in my Amazon store on my IG. Okay. So make sure you just follow all the social media if you're not already doing so. Yes. Also, before we go, anything, Jim, anything you want to leave with us before you go? Yeah. So one of the things that was really important to me also was creating a safe space, a safe mindset when reading this book. So at the end of the book, there's a playlist of this of certain songs I was listening to while I was um, writing. So I want you guys to enjoy that playlist. It's at the back of the book. So enjoy that. It was something that I wanted to do to stand out also. And that's probably been one of the most common comments that I've got is, wow, I can't believe you put a playlist in the back of your book. And people have enjoyed that playlist. They sometimes just listen to it. Like they literally created a playlist of that, of the, all the songs that I put on there. So enjoy that. One of the things my mom used to tell me is that you get a choice, right? You get a choice every day. When you wake up, you can decide what kind of day you're getting ready to have. And so my plea to you listeners is to choose your day. Choose whether or not you're going to be happy or sad because you do get a choice and it will definitely impact the trajectory of your day and your life. So choose wisely. No, I love that. No, I said we were getting out of here, but I was actually going to comment on it too. I was like, I got to be honest. I have never had a book with an immersive experience to it. I'm going to go listen to the playlist, get my mind right. Then listen to the book. Okay. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do it. No, but thank you so much. Which one definitely again for gracing us with your presence. Once again, for everybody, you her social media be down in the description to the episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep being on your grind, and we'll see y'all. Bye.